We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, but today doesn't feel that way. We are divided in more ways than one, and the media and the powers that be all have their own agenda. The people of this great nation no longer care about the truth, they only care about the side they are on. At Poor360, I am trying to change that. We're bringing you the facts and history so we can all learn something and make our own decisions. Tune in every Tuesday to be a part of that journey. Following, following the following the journey into comics 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 network 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 production production Looking forward in time to view alternate futures to see all the possible outcomes of the coming conflict how many did you see 14,605 how many did we win Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Journey Into Comics, the podcast that's dedicated to everything nerd. With your host, the podfather himself, Nate Phillips, and introducing his new co-host, Tyler McLaughlin. You should have gone for the head. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of Journey Into Comics. It's Journey Into Comics 258. I am your host, Nate. Today joining me, the guy in the chair, as always. Welcome back, Tyler. How's it going? It's going great. I've had a fantastic weekend. You have had a fantastic weekend. A lot of stuff been going on in your world. What's all been good with you? Uh, Just relaxing, getting prepped for vacation on Wednesday. A good friend of mine gave me a hell of a gift last night. Um, you know, last week we started talking about, you know, now that I'm like back into collecting comics and stuff, like what issues of what am I going to collect? Am I going to try and get any series? And, you know, I, I got this lofty goal that I'm going to try and collect every appearance of the character Venom ever. That includes Eddie Brock, Flash Thompson, basically anyone that that symbiote has ever interacted with and made an appearance and the rough numbers that I could find is like 2,100 or 22 issues that I have to collect. So a lot. But a, that is a lot. A good friend of mine um, has had no need for the entire uh, series Venom Lethal Protector. And he gave them to me for free. Dude, that's an absolute score. Mm-hmm. And you were telling me off air that you pulled them out of the bags and they still seem like fresh like they've never been opened they've never been i can can most certainly guarantee that they have never been flipped through so that that was kind of cool to be you know to have a comic from 1992 and then flip through it and it's basically brand new still you know never been read damn just smelling fresh Mm -hmm. and full of life it's it, man co- getting comics in in that form like i think that's one thing that people don't understand comic collectors some people are like well they're just all greedy bastards but there are so many people i've met who like me if i've got extras of something or if i've got a series that's just taking up space that i maybe didn't personally love but i know it's going to affect somebody else i'll just give it to mm-hmm. them like here please let this joy be passed to you. That's the whole point of these things. Well, and, you know, he did this completely out of the blue last night. We were just chatting about his Deadpool collection. And, you know, he said it just as casual and plain as can be. I don't need these anymore. You can have them. And, he like, this this guy's not one of my best friends. You know, he's he's almost a good acquaintance basically i've known him for a long time but you know we're not we're not super super close and when he you know when he said that i obviously reacted very gratefully and 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 very positive and happy and i could see that you know the look on his face is that he was very like not necessarily like humbled but he was very uh he Lots of feel good for what he just did, you know, after him and I discussing, um, you know, all those issues that I'm going to have to collect. He just saved, you know, a little bit of time for me, and that was really, really nice. 
Absolutely. It's it's and you know you were talking about his jubilation at seeing you uh, light up at this gift, and that is something again as a as a person who has done that. There is no greater thing because it is passing the joy on to somebody else, and especially if it's a, if it's a, I've learned this that it's more about the character. I think. right. You were talking about, like, you want to collect everything Venom has ever touched, which means you have to consider Old Man Logan mm-hmm. has a Venom T-Rex. And, I mean, there's Venom has spread all over the, the multiverse of Marvel. So mm-hmm. um, it, it may be a daunting task, but once you start it, you're not going to want to stop. And that's when collecting gets fun. Right. Um, my first real foray into that was Spider-Man. And um, interesting that we started with Venom... Uh, you and I have had great discussion on Venom the movie, although I love the character. I thought the movie was poorly done. We discussed that ad nauseum on Podcastrophy, but that movie maybe is putting a nail in the coffin of our MCU Spider-Man. Well, and I think as we continue this conversation about Spider-Man, I just want to uh, kind of prepare you, is I'm going to play the devil's advocate for the Sony side of this deal. Even though you're on my side, I totally understand mm-hmm. that. I absolutely. I, I I envision myself as the neutral party in a lot of situations. What what Sony is asking of Disney is astronomical and not realistic. What Disney is asking of Sony is also equally, maybe not astronomical, but a little bit ridiculous. I feel like I I, I really think, you know, just briefly. These two titans of industry need to just settle in the middle and allow everyone to continue to enjoy Spider-Man the way that we have been with the first two movies and then his appearances in the MCU so far. I think that uh, to brief everybody on the actual situation at hand that we're kind of delicately dancing around, uh, essentially this deal with Disney and Sony falls through Disney allegedly once more uh, Sony doesn't want to give up any they also think that they can do these movies right now that they've had some guidance at all from Marvel Uh, in all of this there has been insane fan backlash there's been lots of rumors and speculations we are going to touch on Mm -hmm. that but do you know what's the crazy thing dude uh, I mean, there's a lot of craziness. Yeah, there's so much crazy, but it's th- specifically in this one situation. Usually, you know, as Journey into Comics podcast, we would cover this story and talk about it to try to help get the story out for other people. Mm-hmm. Now, covering this story is a little self-aggrandizing. Like, I feel like I'm just like <laughs> going to be violently masturbating on the podcast in front of the whole world to see, you know, because. Strangely enough, uh, when the news broke that the deal had fallen through, Spider-Man might not be in the MCU anymore, Mm -hmm. Tom Holland is gone, the rug pulled out from under the fans, the minute, the minute I saw the news break, which was as soon as it hit, I just happened to be online at that time, on my computer of all things, I was like, nope, this aggression shall not stand, Mm -hmm. and I fucking went to change.org and I started a petition called Keep Spider-Man with Disney and the MCU. And then a really strange thing happened, dude. Uh at first it was kind of slow or whatever and I like was going on to all these different sites that were covering Spider-Man leaving and people were commenting on how they were upset but no one was doing anything and I was like I'm just going to start sharing my petition to these people who are upset. Mm-hmm. And I shared it to some people on Twitter. I shared it to some people on Facebook, some groups in Facebook. You know, nothing too major, really. And it started picking up steam. And I think it had like 175 or 150 some odd signatures. And comicbook.com picked it Mm -hmm. up. And then it was up to like 2,500. And I went to bed. And then the next day, it was like about seven or 8,000. And I was heading down to Lowell to hang with V for a little bit and the kiddo. And I left the house and it was like 9,500. And I just jokingly said to myself, well, it'll be nice if I can get to Lowell and it'll be at 10,000, you know. Mm -hmm. And I no more than got onto 
8094 to head to 65, which you've left my house, so you know that's like just a straight shot right. to do it. As I'm exiting onto 8094, I just happened to check my phone and it's at 10,500. And I went, a thousand in like two minutes. What the fuck is happening? Mm-hmm. And then as I'm driving, it goes 11, 14, 17, 22,000, 23, 25,000 signatures. And apparently some other sites had started to cover it. And then more sites covered it. I mean, we've been covered by Insider.com, Yahoo, Variety, Yahoo, uh, GlobalNews.ca, which was the first big one to cover us. GlobalNews.ca got us some global attention. We've been covered in sites in Japan, in China, all over the place. It's absolutely insane the legs this thing grew. Um, And then ComicBook.com did a follow-up on the piece, and they updated that at the at the point that they were writing their article, 70,000 people had signed the petition. Mm-hmm. And that was like two days ago. As of today, we're at 128,371. Well, that was the last time I refreshed it. Let's refresh it one more time. Oh, uh, 128,435. I'm sorry. <laughs> that changed. Uh, and growing. And, you know... That's nuts. You know, when you when you posted or, or made me aware um, of the petition, you know, I, I thought it was going to pick up a little bit of steam, but when I saw comicbook.com pick it up and then all the other news sites, you know, I knew that it was going to be something special. And I, I really do hope that, that Disney and, or I'm sorry, Sony and, and Disney, not just Sony, look at, at the petition that, that you've created and, and a lot of people have recognized and, and, and put their support behind. Um, because this is this is a character that, you know, especially now that that Robert Downey Jr. and, and Iron Man are done, um, you know, this this character is more important, I think, than than anyone remaining. In this era where Sony had control, but I didn't realize that. Like I said, I would see the Marvel logo, and I would go, "Oh, well, Marvel has control of this. They know what they're doing." And then the third movie, I was like, "Wow, they did Venom so poorly," you know. And and um, I was like, "All right, all right, all right, okay." So that mm-hmm. series died, and then we we got the rumor that John Malkovich was going to be Vulture in the fourth movie with Sam Raimi and all that. That never comes to fruition. Then we get the Andrew Garfield thing. Those movies also have a little bit of a special spot in my heart. Not that they're the best movies, but that they told specific stories that are close to me. I love Dr. Kirk Connors. I love the lizard story. The fact that we got that on the big screen in any form was cool. The fact that they tied that in with Gwen Stacy so cleverly was really cool. And then for them to do the death of Gwen Stacy in that second movie, which is hands down my favorite all-time Spider-Man story. It it did it for me, but then they just it did it fell through. Everything falls apart for some reason. Sony can't do the third one right ever. And I couldn't just stand by, man. So when I say this isn't about me, it really is just about the character mm-hmm. and it's evident with the amount of people that have signed it, the comments, all the nice things people are saying. This character means a lot to more than just me. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't I don't disagree with you a bit. Um, Sony has set the precedent that up until you know Tom Holland basically that they were not capable of finishing or or, or keeping a franchise going. You have you have me back. Sorry folks, we're fighting some technical difficulties. Yeah, that happens. It's all right. Um but uh Anyways, so yeah, the petition's just doing its thing, man. We've had coverage all over. I will say I made a video at 100K uh, signees that just said how I felt, a a thank you and whatnot. I also did call people like Kevin Smith and uh, Ryan Reynolds and all all these different people, even now like Jeff Goldblum would be a good example. All these celebrities. uh, Elizabeth Olsen said something yesterday at D23 that kind of bothered me a little bit because I'm like... Biatch, we did that. She said that fans should start a petition to save Spider-Man. I'm like, we we are on it. Just see our petition and push that shit, and then that'll be mm-hmm. great, you know? Because that's what we need. At this point, to keep the, keep the legs of this thing really going, 
it's got to get picked up by more news places to just further the reach. And then it also needs a celebrity to endorse it and push it even further. That's what happened with the James Gunn uh, petition. His brother signed it, and then a couple other of the Guardians mm-hmm. signed it, and they shared it, and then it really pushed out. And, I mean, maybe that petition itself didn't save James Gunn and keep him with Disney. I think but, it definitely. Uh, I, th- I think it definitely made a difference, though. I, th- I think... Yeah, you know, if you're Disney execs and you see that petition, whether you acknowledge it or not, it's in your mind. And then I, I, I think that was definitely a contributing factor to them bringing James Gunn back. The support that the fan base and uh, the cast and crew had for their director, you know, on his exit and uh, ultimate return. One of the like most triumphant mm-hmm. returns too. Yep. You know, and and it, it, how fitting it was like right before Endgame. You know, everybody comes back, right? And then we still lost the kid. I fucking hate it. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, man. I think that there's a lot of people that are in support of Tom Holland. He, he was very diplomatic and like saying he's still gonna play Spider-Man. He doesn't know what the future holds. He was very. Um, careful with what words he Mm -hmm. chose when he was talking yesterday and i think kevin feige did the same they were very open i mean i guess tom holland was very diplomatic as he stayed like neutral and then kevin feige did what um some people are calling like a it's a technique the walk away technique it's like scorned lovers Mm -hmm. or whatever you want a girl to like you you don't call her right back you make her think you don't want to talk to her or whatever i I never played that game because i always had like i said trouble getting girls so if a girl talked to me i was like fuck yeah let's go like cool like, I'm not playing games. Like, I'm excited for you to talk to me. <laughs> but um, right now, Sony and Disney are, like, parents divorcing. Mm-hmm. And somebody's going to end up with custody of the kid, and I really do hope that it's Disney. It would be a goddamn absolute shame if it goes back to Sony because it's going to be done wrong. I hate to say that. I hate to be negative in, in a very optimistic sense. But um, let, let, let me ask you this, though, Nate. Sure, sure, please. Just please. on, you know, let's let's say Tom Holland stays Spider-Man, which which is the number one goal. Regardless of who has control of Spider-Man, I think we can all agree that Tom Holland needs to stay the character. Absolutely, okay. 100% agree. So you have Tom Hardy, who, you know, in the past you've, you've struggled with, but who did a a decent job as Eddie Brock in Venom, and you can tell, at least from my perspective, is invested in the character. Okay, so there's 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 uh there's high ceiling there. You know, you can't really go any lower. It, I I don't think when you have an actor invested in the character, you have Andy Serkis now involved in the franchise. Sony brought him in to make the next movie and any subsequent movie after that more successful than the first one, which was was pretty successful monetarily. 800 mil, uh, global. So, right right now, in my mind, you're, you're two for two on setting up the next Venom movie to be successful. You get in, you get in some better writers, which I would imagine Andy Serkis is going to make that happen. You know, Tom Hardy's probably going to throw a little bit of his weight around, get a little bit better talent in there. The CGI is going to improve. Across the board, it's all uphill from here for the next Venom movie. When you and I talked at length about Venom, you know, multiple times, we have agreed that to continue to do Venom stories standalone is going to be pretty much impossible. It's got to be integrated somehow, and I and I totally one hundred percent agree with that. If even if I did not, in the past, now we're go- we have the possibility to get what you said we need to make the franchise successful. I think that you know y- you've set everything up to be successful through movie one, the acquisitions that you've made, now you're bringing Spidey home, not necessarily home where he's supposed to be, but home where he's owned anyway. And if you, if you, for the second movie, if you, if you knock it out of the park with everything that you've set up, 
especially with Carnage. You know, if if Woody Harrelson uh, delivers the performance that he needs to deliver, and then in the trilogy is when you or in the in the third movie is when you introduce Tom Holland as Spider Man, and then maybe not the Sony's version of the Spider Verse, but at least let Sony do one standalone movie with Spider Man and Venom, and then go and then maybe renegotiate after that. You know what I'm saying? I actually really like that idea. If you, because if the third movie is successful, I mean, okay, hold on, let me let me back that up a little bit. If the second movie is successful, mm-hmm. still without Tom Holland, and they do everything like you said, which is setting up ultimate success for this movie, the right director, getting the correct actors, hoping that you get the proper performances from these characters, which having Andy Serkis's a little bit of crazy be able to help define absolutely uh, Carnage could be very special. But, again, if it falls flat, Correct. you're never going to hit that third one. And we've known statistically Sony fucks up the third movie. It's just it's just like their status quo. I don't understand it. I, I really don't. But my hope is that if that were to happen, let's say that they keep Tom Holland away from, Diz, or from Sony and that they're, they're still negotiating and they say, okay, fine, the third Venom movie will give you Tom Holland. He'll go in, he'll do his own little story where, you know... Whatever happens, happens. I've broke down some different ideas of what I think mm-hmm. would be an interesting way to tell that story. Then, you know, if it if it's left on the table that Spidey went to the Venom verse and essentially defeats Venom, and that's how their that story ends, it gives people more reason to go back to Spidey. And then, if you reintroduce Venom later mm-hmm. into the MCU verse, it really elevates that character to the next level. Especially if if Kevin Feige and company do have their hands a little bit in the cookie jar. See, the whole reason these negotiations broke down, we've heard rumors Sony has come out and said it's because Kevin Feige is too busy and he can't produce these movies. Disney has said vehemently, no, that's not the case at all. We want a bigger slice of the pie that we actually, technically speaking, own every right to except for Mm -hmm. the film distribution. So they're just like, look, we're going to renegotiate. We need to change the financing. We need to do a 50-50 co-financing split, which I think is brilliant. You know, Sony did front most of the money for those two Spider-Man movies, but it was blown up because of Disney. So Disney's saying, look, look, let's split the cost of making the movie. Give us 30%, which I think Disney realistically Mm -hmm. should ask for 25, but that's just me. Um, and then they can keep making great movies. I don't see why that deal is not going to get done, but there's a lot of people that are within the industry that are saying that this is not over, that the relationship is not dead. This is a deal that has to happen because Sony recognizes the eminence. Disney recognizes the eminence right now. They're just playing the dance. They have to, they have to court each other again. Well, and and there's one number that I want to throw out there for sure that, that came out in the last, you know, 24 to 36 hours, Disney offered Sony to buy the film distribution rights, or I'm sorry, Disney offered Sony the film or the 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 option of buying the the distribution rights, and Disney's like, look, shoot us a number, you know, we'll we'll say yes or no, and um, Sony claps back with ten billion. So here's an interesting you know, here's here's an interesting thing about that number. When I first heard it, I was really shocked. Uh, Star Wars, I think, was only four billion, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Marvel was only eight billion for all of Marvel when Marvel right. was bought out by Disney. Um, so I, I started doing some digging, and there were actually only two sites that reported this story that you're talking about. Both sites are the exact verbatim word for word article, zero lines of text changed. So mm, that had okay. me going, okay, what's strange about that? Is this again? Because it's there's there's a little bit of a publicity side. There's Sony trying to save their stock value and save face. Disney is trying to better negotiate themselves into the deal they really want. Um, so Sony's got to kind of play some some you know um, damage control here. I do too. And, and and I think that you know even though it's less than ideal, um, you know. You you put it perfectly earlier when you said you know we're we're, we're the child going through the divorce right now, um, as as Spider Man the character Tom Holland and then us as the fans you know we're the ones 
that that the that the divorce has taken the toll on because of what we have to put up with. Um, I think ultimately, it's uh, this is going to go one of two ways. It's going to be either really really good for the franchise, where we're going to have maybe two to three years of no Spider-Man on the big screen, and then when Spider-Man comes back. Tom Holland's going to be refreshed. You know, he'll have a little bit of time to maybe do some projects that he wants to do other than Spider-Man. Um, you know, it'll it'll kind of revitalize the character again. Um, not reboot, just just bring some more bring some new life into the character. That's not necessary, but it's never a bad thing. Um, or it's we're just not going to get Spider-Man ever again. You Not know, in the capacity that we know him until until uh, yes and until Disney, you know I I was arguing with somebody about it yesterday and they're like well you know Disney Disney's wrong in this in this regard and I said I I ultimately don't think either one of them are wrong they both they both Disney and Sony both have valid points you know if if this was Marvel versus Sony I would. 100% just side with with Marvel because it's a fucking Marvel character. Marvel should own it. And I, and I still think that uh when it comes to Disney, Disney's you know with all the acquisitions and stuff that they've made the last couple of years, they're starting to become a little bit of a little bit of a bully and I can see why people would say that. Um you know, uh it's it's just it's tough. Because there, there's pros and cons every way that you look at it, and no matter what way you spin it, you know we we as fans are still struggling through it a little bit. So I don't know, it's tough. It it really is. Uh, you know, one thing to note too is that realistically, people are like, I saw somebody that was their argument was, well, Sony owns the fucking rights, so they own the character, and I'm like, no, it's not that simple. They just own the film rights, so. Really, Sony is not Correct. in the best position to negotiate anyways. Marvel and Disney could take away every mm-hmm. avenue for Spider-Man to be successful. They did it to Fantastic Four, unfortunately. They did it to some degree to the X-Men. Right. They would they took them away from the stands. They didn't do X-Men or Fantastic Four comics as much. Or if they did, they weren't with the characters that were being used in the movies whatsoever. You know, they would not give them any kind mm-hmm. of advertising or merchandise at all. No pops, none of that stuff. And then, you know, as the deal started to finalize, you see more of these things coming out and whatnot. But Disney could stifle every opportunity for Sony. And sure, you could look at Sony and say, hey, um, didn't they win an Oscar for, fu- or uh, yeah, an Oscar for fucking Into the Spider-Verse? Yeah, that movie is really good. It really is absolutely good. But it's not MCU Tom Holland Spider-Man level good. It's different. It's a totally different vibe. You know going into watching Into the Spider-Verse what you're getting into. And I think that's the same to kind of be said for Venom. Which, sure, monetarily speaking, successful. Mm -hmm. I think that there's a 50-50. I think that was the big question of people going, well, we'll give it a shot. Maybe it'll be good. You know? And maybe that, if they don't come strong in the second Venom movie, it could be a misstep. But... We spent a lot of time on Spider-Man. It is kind of a, it is really a bummer. It genuinely is. I do hope that any of you who are listening to this, who haven't yet went and signed it, go to change.org, mm-hmm. search for the petition, uh, because it, it could help. Any shares help. All those things help, uh, because the more people see it, the more Disney and Sony will hear it and see it and feel pressure from it and recognize that we as the fans aren't playing around and we are fully prepared mm-hmm. to just not give them our money. It's that easy. I don't have to go see anything if you're Correct. not going to give me the way I want it to be. I don't go to Burger King and order a sandwich not how I want because it's have it your way, yep. motherfucker. Totally agree. <laughs> you know, and the same can be said for uh, for Disney. You know, if Disney started to make really, really poor choices with the character, I feel in good conscience we as fans would react the same way to them as we are Sony right now. One hundred percent. And I think that that's another thing that kind of is fueling this whole drama with Spider-Man is that the fans are looking historically through the lens of Sony's body of work 
it's like the finals of a competition, you know, when you're on like Master mm-hmm. Chef or Ink Master or something. And the in the final battle, it's not just about what you're about to do and and your final tattoo. They're gonna look at your whole body of work. You have to be judged on everything you've done. And when people look back at Sony, there's a lot of misstep. There's a lot of poor decisions. There's a lot of things left on the table and a lot of grandiose ideas that were executed mm-hmm. really blandly. You know, we have this huge idea for the Sinister Six, but we're only going to kind of give you a half-ass tease of it and not really explain why or real, really give you any... De- you know, I could sit here and bitch about those movies for days and all the things they've done wrong or yes. whatever. I just want to see Spider-Man done right. That's where I'll leave that. Um, I will say this is D23 weekend as we are recording this. Um, and, dude, there have been so many announcements that it was, like, overwhelming. And we need to, before we move on to the next bit of this, <clears throat> let people know that this week we aren't going to be talking about the house or the power of X. Because there's too much other news. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's unfortunate um, we we've been hyping each other up to to talk more X this weekend, and then we were kind of brainstorming, talking about our our game plan for the show last night. And you know, I I don't have a time frame today, um, but there's so much D twenty three news, and then to have a two hour conversation about House of X and Powers of X after that. I, I feel like we definitely need to delay it until after I get back from vacation. So we'll dive back into that series real hard. Um, we'll basically do four four issues in two weeks. Is that how we're gonna do it? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna catch up hard and also sprinkle newsy bits and stuff in. But we are going to be taking a little bit of a hiatus from this because this week we're not covering the House of X or Powers of X. Next week we won't be there because you're going to be on vacation. Mm-hmm. We're going to have our special guest co-host returning for the first time in over a year. Brando is returning, which is going to be amazing to to sit down and chat with him and nerd out. Uh, but we said there's a lot of D23 news, and I really think we should just dive into it. I'm going to ask you this question just to volley it and kind of start this off. Of the Disney Plus shows that were announced on the Marvel side, which made you jump for joy the most? It's a it's a it's a fifty fifty between Moon Knight and uh, Miss Marvel. I'm not Same. I'm not really I'm it's... not really interested in in She Hulk. Um, but Moon Knight is a character that you know is is really complex and has has a deep story to tell. You know, it's it's Marvel's version of Batman, basically. Um, absolutely. But but there's a there's a lot of good stories that they could tell with that character, and I'm really anxious to see uh, who they cast as as Moon Knight. You know, there's been a lot of talk that it's going to be Keanu Reeves. I, I don't I don't see that, but you know, it'd be cool. Um, I don't see him starting on the. I'm not calling it the small screen anymore because like the way they made all these announcements and all the shit they're planning, Disney Plus might as well be the fucking new movie service. Right. Like holy shit. Uh, but Moon Knight, I just want to say they like showed and announced the the logo because they like you said they haven't announced a cast or, or anything. The logo alone, I was like, yes, like we are here. I'm so excited that this is actually a reality. That this is not just something that they're riffing about and saying we may get down the road. Kevin Feige kept teasing it for years and saying that it's possible he likes the character a bit. To see it finally here, man, I'm stoked. But I agree with you also that this and Miss Marvel are the two that I'm most jazzed for. When I think it'll be really, really, really fun to have, you know, Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel not necessarily together, but operating in the same universe at the same time, you know, kind of how it is in the comics right now. Absolutely. And uh, I love that they, you know, people were like, oh, we should get a Miss Marvel movie. I kind of like that they're taking their time and giving her a series to breathe before they possibly introduce her. I mean, I would I would assume going forward, man, that all these shows are going to fi- are going to filter and fuel right into the big MCU verse and you can't miss one. It's going to be well, daunting, but good. Let let me ask you this. Sure. W- Marvel 
Disney and Marvel cannot put out 10 movies a year. Right? I mean, you agree with that? I mean, they shouldn't. Okay. So, logistically, they probably couldn't put out 10 movies a year. And the 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 industry would be so flooded with Disney and Marvel that no one would watch it. You know, I, I, I think even fans like you and myself, we would really get tired of of, of seeing... You know that quantity of movies, and the qual—I think eventually the quality would start to diminish quite a bit too. So, the important thing, at least where we're at now with Disney Plus getting ready to launch, is it has opened up an entirely new avenue for Disney to put out ten movies a year without putting ten movies a year. Absolutely, it's just a way to expand their reaches and keep people engaged, and I think that. Disney Plus is doing such a good job just being really bold, honestly, to say, you know, you you had already announced, you know, your Falcon and Winter Soldier and your WandaVision and your What If and all these things and Loki and all that. But then to say in this same phase that all those other things are happening, you're going to get She-Hulk, you're going to get Miss Marvel, you're going to get Moon Knight. Amazing. Think about this. Miss Marvel. Possibility Brie Larson makes a cameo in an episode or two, right? Makes sense. Then you look at She-Hulk. It's possible Mark Ruffalo because Cousins. He might make an appearance, you know? Mm -hmm. So to me, it's just like they just open the door for possibilities. Another thing that was interesting to note is that Falcon and the Winter Soldier, they cast somebody to play a U.S. agent. And uh, they have cast in WandaVision Agent Wong from Ant-Man and the Wasp. The guy yes. that's chasing Scott, uh, uh, Ro- 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 Roger Park, Pack, Robert Pack. I-, I fucking suck at names. I should probably have looked that up before we did this, but I'm on the fly right now. It's how it is. <laughs> we-, we have been fighting... So many difficulties today. It's like the universe is telling us to wait. It's like we've had the calls mm-hmm. dropped several times, which hopefully you guys don't notice. We've had Tyler's end of the thing just not work for him for some reason because that's a thing that happens. So, you know, we're only 37 mm-hmm. minutes into this podcast. We've been trying for about two hours. <laughs> yep. So... Uh, but it's all right. I think it's it, we're gonna get through it now. We're doing just fine. I just I as I said a minute ago, I think it's crazy to note that those shows are also a part of Phase Four, right? So so they've expanded they've expanded the the avenue in which they have for storytelling. So now, like you said, we're gonna see cameos. They're gonna be able to start to sprinkle in pro- plot threads during the shows and the in-betweens of the movies so they don't have to spend as much time in the movie setting up plots and and, and getting, you know, some of the things that people complain about uh, modern storytelling is, you know, the slog through the story to get to the, to, you know, the the climax or or the important part of the story. They're going to be able to do a lot of that in these shows and they know that, that fans of the MCU are going to get Disney Plus so they can watch these shows. You know, it, it's it's just, it's a perfect storm. And if every show, which I don't know if they've fully announced yet, but if every show takes on the um, archetype of what they're doing for Loki with six episodes, mm-hmm. one hour, so six hours of storytelling, that's like three mm-hmm. movies. That's... Really good, fast-paced, pedal-to-the-metal storytelling that you can be really expansive with. And they don't have to sludge through and, you know, take forever to get one really great plot out because they're trying to really develop it. They can do it more um, in the MCU style, I guess is the way to say it, where they are focused and they give you what you want in one thread. Uh, Totally. Man, I don't know. It's... It's exciting. It is really an exciting time. I think that Disney Plus, we keep kind of like talking about it a little bit here and there, but you know, they really with the announcements that they made over D23 about Disney Plus are saying 
we got you. We're going to get all your money. I mean... Mm-hmm. Or at least try. We're at least going to try and get all fo- your money. But like, just on the spec side of things, the fact that it's 4K, the fact that you can have up to seven users on one account with their own mm-hmm. profiles of what they watch and what they like, that is huge. For twelve ninety nine a month, and you're getting all the other things. That's absolutely mind-boggling in my opinion. Well, they took they they definitely took a lot of inspiration from YouTube TV cuz that's how YouTube TV is. You know, and and that's the most successful one of the the streaming services so far that has done it kind of that model. Um but yeah, I mean D- Disney Plus is going to be huge. We've said it 110 times uh you know, at least the last 4 or 5 episodes. Because there's there's no way there's no denying that it's going to be the biggest streaming service immediately. Instant takeover, absolutely. I fully agree. Yeah, In- instantly, they are instantly going to corner the market share. So, other things coming out of D twenty three that we should probably dive into that that were Marvel related. Before I forget, announced uh, May sixth, twenty twenty, I think, or twenty twenty one, was it? We have official date for Black Panther 2021, I believe. That's 2022. Sorry. Too many twos in that number. I think. Two, two, two. I'm excited, man. I'm looking forward to the next chapter of Black Panther. You know, it had been alluded to, teased. Are we going to get it? Aren't we going to get it? We now know it's going to be what's probably considered phase five. Um,. And probably the movie that's going to kick. We, did we get a title? What's up? Did we get a title for that, or was it just just a date? Black Panther, Black Panther two. two. Yeah, they didn't they didn't give it an official name or anything. So, and maybe it'll just be Black Panther two. Maybe he'll okay. be kind of like the Iron Man of this era, the Number Could Man be. instead of a title. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I also want to say that. Uh, You've got to be jazzed more than mother licking anybody because the homie Kit Harrington is coming to the Eternals. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, um, you know, we got the news early yesterday that he was joining the MCU, and I was like, okay, you know, is he going to be a hero? Is he going to be a villain? You know, I created the poll in our in our Facebook group chat, and... You know, within an hour of, of, of us starting to chat about it, they announced what what movie he was joining and what character he was playing. Um, you know, he's joining the Eternals as Black Knight. So, um, I don't know a lot about the character, but, you know, I really appreciate Kit Harrington as an actor. So, I mean, how can you not be excited? I'm stoked for it. It's really interesting to note that him and Richard Madden are reuniting for this movie. So the Stark brothers get the reuniting that mm-hmm. they never got in the show. Womp womp. But another thing that's interesting is that he's playing kind of a almost Game of Thrones character in a way. A knight, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yeah. Is he just going to be Jon Snow? I think he's just going to be Jon Snow. Is that a bad thing or a good thing? I don't know. Well, as as long as he as long as he doesn't just say she's McQueen. <laughs> she McQueen. She's McQueen. Inter- uh he is playing Dane Whitman Black Knight and not the original one, so that'll be cool. Also, people are apparently really upset. I'm not one of these people that he's not going to be Wolverine. I'm just like, yeah, it's okay. He's he doesn't need to be Wolverine. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he, that that would have been a pretty uh, forced casting if they put him as Wolverine. Correct. I I absolutely agree with you. Um, yeah, I can't. I I say no. A lot of ums today because I'm afraid that we are going to have more issues. So I just am like, can we can we keep talking? Are we good? Are we good? We are good. Uh, yeah, I'm afraid. I'm afraid to look away from my recording device, um, to look at articles and stuff because I'm afraid it'll just randomly stop. Well, let me. Do we want to? Uh, let's see. 
I know they announced some Black Widow stuff. I'll wait till I see the footage to comment on it because being explained the footage in that regard, I couldn't really tell if I would vibe with it. I don't know. Yeah, I was in the same in the same place for that. I really, I mean, well, we can talk about Black Widow briefly. I am more excited for this movie than you know I ever thought that I would be for for a multitude of reasons. Taskmaster, uh, David Harbor being one of the characters in the movie. Um, you know, Scarlett Johansson always always delivers a good performance. So I, I'm really, really optimistic about this film, or when we get it. Uh, but I don't want to jump the gun and have any... You know, I, I always say that I, I want to go into, especially the MCU movies, with an open mind because they change a lot of the source material and, you know, kind of tell their own story. This is one that I, I legitimately... Other than what I already know, I don't want to know anything the day that I watch the film. Because you want to, you want them to be able to tell their story without putting a preconceived notion on a character that maybe you already don't 100% mm-hmm. jive with. Maybe it's because it's Scarlett Johansson, maybe not. Maybe it's because just the character doesn't really vibe with you. However, but I, I like going in with an open mind, but I love when the trailer sells me, you know? Like, I remember when Age of Ultron, the first trailer for that, dropped, and I was like, holy fuck, like, oh my god, this is going to be amazing, and, you know, maybe I'm in the minority to say that, but I really loved that movie. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, uh, as far as Marvel news, we we didn't really get too much else. You know, the Eternals cast came out, they showed the the costumes they're going to be wearing, they weren't on them, they were just pictures in the background and stuff. We did get confirmation that the Eternals is the earliest movie in the MCU's history. It's going to be like the essentially the genesis point, um, which is interesting mm-hmm. how they're going to intertwine that into everything else going on and what relevance that has in anything. Uh, yeah. I want to say that I think we should probably pivot pretty hard now and go over to that old Star Wars universe talk because there was so many goodies. Yes. What, uh, what? I mean, where do, where do you I was going to ask you that question kind of too. There's <laughs> so, many, so choices. many different good things that came out of uh, D23. We had some stuff on Rise of the Skywalkers, some stuff on Mandalorian, some announcements that got made. I can talk about the full timeline of Star Wars. We could go anywhere. Well, I, I think the, the two quick ones to kind of get out of the way... Um, you know, they announced that there is going to be a live-action Obi-Wan uh, series Fuck for yeah. Disney+, Plus, which I think is is, is really, really badass. Um, you know, I'm one of the fans that that is totally begged and begged and begged for an Obi-Wan movie with Ewan McGregor playing Obi-Wan Kenobi because he is fucking Obi-Wan. Um, but I also knew that we were never going to get a standalone Obi-Wan Kenobi movie now we're going to get a show that makes more that makes much more sense. I'm I'm more satisfied than I would have been with a standalone movie. So really really excited for that. Ewan McGregor is really invested in the character and he wants to be remembered as Obi-Wan Kenobi and that's you know there's a lot of people that have played major Star Wars characters that don't want to be remembered for who they played. You know, I'm looking at you Harrison Ford. I love you as an actor, but you hated Star Wars. Looking at you, so, Daisy Ridley. Um, yes, Daisy Ridley too, for sure. Um, and and John Boyega and uh, you know a lot of a lot of the current cast for that matter, kind of just want to get done with Star Wars and then move on. You know, which is fine. You don't have to let it rule your life, but you you have Star Wars made modern movies what they are. So. Um, you know, the summertime blockbuster and, 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 you know, I could go on for hours, but what I did not expect, I knew that we were going to get it because they had teased it a little bit the last year, year and a half, but we're going to get another live action Star Wars series with Diego, Diego Luna and Alan Tudyk with Cassian Andor and K2SO. And that's going to be fucking incredible. Absolutely. Set before Rogue One, set. Kind of in the middle mm-hmm. of Rebels, actually. Um, 
that series and the Obi-Wan series, you know, they're obviously the furthest out, but they are most hyped, I think. And again, to talk about the the mm-hmm. whole Disney Plus thing, if these series are uh, six one-hour episodes that tell a movie length of story or a couple movies lengths of story, they're going to be impactful and mm-hmm. they're going to drive it home. And that's another nice thing, too. If these series was like, oh, we're going to do Moon Knight and it's a 23-episode show, fuck, that's long. Even 13 is kind of long, especially mm-hmm. with the amount of content they're trying to pump out. So doing it at six, right? it just sets you up for success. People are going to be fresh every time they watch six episodes, banging out in six weeks. Boom, 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 boom. Done. Handled. Move on to the next mm-hmm. one. It's interesting to note. Yeah, no, I, I, I wrote. Oh, go ahead. I was going to let you go. I was just going to quickly note that the Obi-Wan movie is set in the time in the same time frame as Solo. That's all I had. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you were going to keep going. No, I mean, so, like, what we got during Rebels, as far as Obi-Wan Kenobi's story, you know, um, setting up basically a new hope, you know, from Obi-Wan's perspective, is cool. There's, there's, a, there's a fucking, basically, 20-year time frame, you know, where... Obi Wan was just hanging out on Tatooine. Tatooine's a pretty dangerous place. Yeah, it is. He gonna get into some trouble. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it, I think it's gonna be really fun. And like I said, Ewan McGregor brings an energy and a devotion to that character. So it, it it's gonna be great. It'd be interesting if they told it in like three phases, where it's like. The first chunk is him still kind of young. The second chunk is him older. And then the final chunk is him really old. But the story has never stopped. It's Mm -hmm. just like he's been doing this nonstop battling. And then as soon as he goes to sit down and settle in, he hears Luke and everything happening Mm -hmm. and the commotion and goes and saves him from the Raiders and never gets the break. He never stops. He just goes until he essentially dies, you know. Uh, They did release the entire timeline of Star Wars there are three major different uh, ages, as it's called. The Age of Republic, the Age of Rebellion, and the Age of Resistance. One thing that's interesting to note is there's a huge time gap that's untouched between the end of the Age of Rebellion and the start of the Age of Resistance. And it's like, I mean, I don't know how many quote-unquote years, but it's a great it's a great distance from the time that Mandalorian happens Mm -hmm. until we get to uh, The Force Awakens. Mm -hmm. Do we want to talk about the Mandalorian trailer now? Or do we want to talk about Episode 9 first? I was really kind of hopeful that we would dive into Mandalorian, considering it's first in the timeline, technically. Well, I don't know, though, because it had the bigger news, right? I mean, we actually got to see footage of this. Mm-hmm. I mean, they I guess the crowd got to see footage of episode nine that we haven't seen yet, but uh yeah, I'm we're just gonna send it. The fucking Mandalorian trailer is one of the best trailers for a new TV show I've ever seen. It set ever. the tone immediately with the stormtrooper heads on spikes. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, shit. Mm. It was extraordinarily action-packed. You got a little bit of teases on a lot of different things. Some interesting Easter egg stuff that you may or may not have caught watching it. I mean, uh, the fucking cruisers that the little speeder bikes they use in uh, the Battle of Endor is in the trailer. And mm-hmm. there's a an AT, yep. AT or an ATST that... That you see shooting. I couldn't really tell. Um, Then you had, like, uh, Carbonite, right? One of the last Mm -hmm. scenes had the Carbonite. I feel like I'm missing some of the big ones, too, though. Uh, Death Troopers, for sure. Yes, Death Troopers. Thank you. Or Shadow Troopers, maybe a mixture of both, uh, depending on which route they decide to go. You also have... um, Oh, there was another thing that was really fucking cool. My brain meets. Oh, not IG-88. You want to talk about that? Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, it's actually IG-11, and he's 
the fucking Mandalorian's co-pilot. Apparently, I love it. That's exciting. It's got. I do too. I liked the. the I I really like. <laughs> no, go you ahead. go ahead. <laughs> We're excited. We're, we are both very excited. I I've always. I've always really, really liked the, you know, kind of like Cassian Andor and K2SO, the droid co-pilot, you know, that actually contributes to the main character's story and not, you know, C-3PO and R2-D2 have always been doing stuff in the background, never never anything at the forefront. And a character like K2 or maybe IG-11 is doing shit. He's got boots on the ground. He's doing shit. Absolutely. And and you know, just looking over us, I just noticed the cast list. It's insane. Uh Gina Gina Carano, Carl Weathers, Giancarlo mm-hmm. Esposito, Nick Nolte, uh Omid Abati, uh Emily Swallow and Werner Herzog all in this movie, including, or in this series, also uh, Bryce Dallas Howard and Taika Waititi, who is IG-11, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. I love that he's playing these characters just every time. Oh, yeah, man. He's doing a real good job. He's just going to go around and uh, mm-hmm. piss off ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love Korg. Uh Yep. Yeah, man, I'm really jazzed for The Mandalorian. The future looks bright for that series. It's going to be day one streaming the first episode with Disney Plus in November when it drops, which we are only three short months away from this thing happening, man. That's crazy. Actually, really two months because we're almost into September here. But, uh, man, mm-hmm. I, uh, I want to say also that John Favreau, the director, said that we will not – at least in the first in the in the first season, probably be seeing Boba because it's set in a a time frame a little bit after, like twenty years after Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit of a time gap. Boba's probably still in the Sarlacc pit's belly, just fucking up, dudes. Yeah, I just uh, this fucking trailer, just. I mean, that final scene where he, you know, he fucking grappling hooks that guy and then pulls him into the door and blasts the button so the door closes. Like, that, that, that's pretty unique. Brutality. I, I dig it. Absolute brutality. Yeah. This is, this is going to be a gritty show, and I'm okay with that. Same. Absolutely agree. Um, all right. So, we did get, a little bit of episode nine news. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did like a little thing and talked about the movie and whatnot. Had Billy D. Williams come out and whatnot, but then they showed a, a presentation at the end of the movie or at the end of the presentation. They showed a little feature, and it was a special look back at Star Wars and included all previous films. Um, then they used a specific quote, we've passed on all we know. A thousand generations live in you now, but this is your fight. It culminates f- with footage from the new movie, which is pretty exciting to hear about. The group overlooks a small village, an army of ships in space. Ray cuts through trees. Kylo emerges from a ship. Ray and Kylo fight surrounded by water as Palpatine narrates. It nears its end. Here's the most interesting note, and I cannot wait to get your thoughts on this. Ray is wearing a black robe. Her red lightsaber splits in two, dual wielding like Darth Maul. Mm-hmm. I think that this is going to be a vision of like what she could become if she takes over Palpatine's energies. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in how they're going to wrap this. It was Snoke's death, the rebirth of Palpatine's spirit. Like, what story are they going to fucking tell us, bro? I don't know. I don't I don't even think they know to be honest with you. <laughs> they wrote the movie, they produced it, it's done. They have no idea what they're telling us. That's Nope, they they're like they're like they're like Brick Tamaland in Anchorman. I still don't know what to do with my I'm not hands. Not sure what to do with my hands. Uh <clears throat> mm-hmm. They also released a their brick at the beginning of Anchorman putting mayonnaise in a toaster. <laughs> Gross. Uh yeah. I, 
I will say they released a new poster for Star Wars. Did you see this thing? Dude. <laughs> that That is one of the coolest movie posters I've ever you seen. You need that shit up on your wall like them other ones you got. Mm-hmm. Yep. It would be absolutely yeah. amazing in wood plank form. Because, okay, so let, let's talk a little bit of story real sure. quick because I, I can't contain sure. myself. If this if this is something that plays out where um you know Palpatine, Kylo and Rey are all dark side, okay? Okay. If if Palpatine somehow dies and Kylo and Rey are the only two left, I think the best thing to finish the story is both of them die. Brutal. You know, I, I, I really, I, I really, I really do. You know, whether they kill each other, whether, you know, Ray turns her back on the resistance and then she kill and then she's killed by the, by the resistance, you know, if, if she's going to go dark, uh, Finn's, Finn's not going to take that very well. Yeah, I agree. I, you so, know, and I think there's still a lot of unanswered I, questions with this movie too. When you think about all the things that play, like. Sure, Palpatine might be at play, but are there other going to be other Force spirits that are at play in this? Are we going to get possibly an Anakin mm-hmm. Skywalker cameo, possibly Luke's return, you know, possibly uh, an Obi Wan somehow return? You know, y- y- there are a lot of different ways mm-hmm. they can do that kind of magic. We are only a-, a few short months here. Again, we're about four months, just under four months away from the next Star Wars. That's like just the last quarter of the year before we're going to be getting to it, and. Um, I can't mm-hmm. wait for them to show the footage. I just want them to fucking show this new footage into the world. Stop hoarding it to the D23 folks, people. I had I had an opportunity to watch the D23 footage yesterday. Oh, excuse me. And I was busy. I was busy doing something. And then like a couple hours later, I went back to watch it. And it had been removed, so I couldn't. Copyright infringement. So I should have just watched it the first yeah. go around. Well, yeah, but mm-hmm. I should have just. I'm watched sure you it. could still find it if you searched hard enough. It's somewhere out there on the interwebs. Oh, but uh, yeah, but I gotta I gotta put more than thirty percent in to find nice it. Nice Easter egg. Hey, don't. Uh, mm-hmm. all right, bro. Well, I don't. Is there anything else we want to dive into before we get out of here? We kind of ran the gamut. We had to force ourselves to speed run through this one because we had so many crazy technical difficulties. It was just a race to get all the information out to you folks. We didn't really get to dive. I will say, to be fair, though, there wasn't like a ton of substance to all these announcements. There was just a lot of announcements. It was like Oprah. Like, if Disney and Oprah were the same being, you get an announcement, you get an announcement, you get an announcement, you get a trailer. We're doing your show, too. You know, it, it was it was a fun event. I, I, I watched a little bit of the event yesterday um, on YouTube. You know, some of the some of the other announcements that they made, not comic related. You know, the new Lady and the Tramp movie is gonna fucking slap because I watched that this morning. It looks real good. You you said and that the, you were the, like this. The is story do really good for for Disney. The the the. St- the story behind the dog that they're that is playing Tramp is really cool and really feel good. Um, Tyler's a fucking champion you know, what right else, now because he's talking got? through the fucking train of our existence, blowing its horn so yeah, goddamn loud. It it got it got to the point where I, I couldn't handle it anymore. Um, you know the 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 story or, or the 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 world according to Jeff Goldblum is kind of a. Um, like a fun announcement. It's going to be a series on National Geographic, which will be cool. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it seemed to be a really, really fun event yesterday. Everyone seemed in good spirits and, and, and excited for what comes next. You know, Stargirl, uh, Monsters at Work, so they announced a new... Uh, <coughs> Monsters Incorporated series, which is going to be fun. Hell yeah. Um, there was another one. Uh, let me scroll up because I don't know where it went. Can't find it. 
it was a new show, something about soul, and I don't remember. I tried. That's all I got. It's I okay. Tried. You did your very best today. This was a very. <laughs> I I I I've, I have tried, man. <laughs> today we tried and we still lost the kid. I guess that's what the episode title might be. Because, <laughs> damn. All right, folks. Well, before we get out of here, as always, check out the Journey into Comics Network at journeyintocomics.com where you get this show, lots of other amazing shows. Just search Journey into Comics Network on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, Spotify, CastBox, TuneIn, and many others. You'll get all of our awesome stuff. One feed, it's all you need. I will also say you go to patreon.com backslash journeyintocomics. Give us a buck. We don't give a chuck. We need it. We need your help and your dineros to help grow this network even bigger. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of Journey to Comics. Tyler, we got anything else before we want to get out of here, brother? Nope. I'm All good. right, my man. Well, for this week's episode of Journey into Comics 258, we lost the kid. We tried hard. I'm Nate. And I'm the kid. And we will see you guys later. <laughs> Fill your brains with sadness. <laughs> later, guys. Later.